as brought in Kuntras al-Hadaf, the Marami Rottenberg applies Reb Meir's logic to other areas of halacha as well. The Gemara in Tainis, Daf Gimel states that one who continues to mention Mashiv Haruach Amorid Hagashem even during the summer, i.e. between Pesach and Sukkot, he has to repeat Shema Nasrei, because that's not the Zman, it's not the time of rain. The Yerushalmi adds that for a period of 30 days following Pesach, if one is misupik as to whether he recited Mashiv Haruach, he must repeat, 30, he must repeat the Shema Nasrei. Since one is not yet accustomed to omitting Mashiv Haruach, when in doubt, the assumption is he probably recited it, like he's been doing the whole winter. After 30 days, however, since he already recited the Shema Nasrei 90 times, properly without Mashiv Haruach, one can assume that he probably omitted it, and therefore he doesn't have to repeat the Shema Nasrei. It's interesting that the Chai Adam offers an interesting Eitzah to get around this. He says that the best way to deal with this suffix is on Pesach, when you begin saying, Morit Hatal if you daven Svarit, or you begin to omit Mashiv Haruach, and don't say anything if you daven Ashkenaz, he says you should simply say the words to yourself 90 times. So for example, if you daven Nusach Svarit, on Pesach, right as we begin to say Marit Hatal, you should simply say, and say that 90 times. Therefore, if you say it 90 times, it develops the same chazaka as if you would have said in Shemon 90 times. Therefore, for the next 30 days, if you have a suffix, whether you said Marit Hatal, you wouldn't have to go back, because it's as, if it's, it's as if it's the 30 days after you had already said it 90 times. The same thing would apply in the winter time. On Shemini Atzeres, after we say Tulas Gesha, if a person would only say to himself, the words before Mashif Urochamaydagasham and say Mashif Urochamaydagasham 90 times, then he wouldn't have to repeat the Shema Nasra if for the next 30 days he was, he was besafic whether he said Mashif Uroch or he didn't say Mashif Uroch. I recall a couple of years ago when I was home in, in St. Louis, Missouri, visiting my parents for Shemini Atzeres, Simchas Taira. One of the shuls there, when they were dancing on Simchas Taira, one of the songs they sang were the words, Machayim Mesiv Atarav Laishia. And they sang this song 90 times, and therefore it's as if they said it 90 times, so to say. And therefore, if during that 30-day period, anyone in that shul who sang that song 90 times would be besafik, whether they said they wouldn't have to go back, according to this chayodam. Anyway, the Marami Rattenberg mentions that Rameir's logic, mentioned here in our Gemara, could be applied to this halacha as well. He argues that if inserting the phrase Marit Hatal in place of Mashif Haruach 90 times over a 30-day period accustoms one to properly omitting Mashif Haruach by rote, as we just mentioned before from the Chai Adam, then surely doing so 90 times in one day should accomplish the same feat. Consequently, he asserts that if one recites the passes of Atta Gibor 90 times on the first day of Pesach, as we just said before, he can subsequently assume that he probably remembered to omit Mashif Haruach and does not have to repeat the Shema Nasre if in doubt. This, by the way, this Marnami Rottenberg is brought in the tour at the end of Simon Kufya Dalit. The Shalah, however, takes issue with this ruling. He notes that the halacha regarding Shor HaMu'ad follows Rabbi Yehuda's view, i.e. that an animal only becomes a Mu'ad if it gores on three separate days. Consequently, he asks, how can the Maram apply Rameir's logic to the case of Mashif Ruach, since Rabbi Yehuda, whom the halacha follows, disagrees with Rameir's line of reasoning, i.e. he does not hold to the Svar of Kirev Negichaisav like Kal Shekein. The Moged Avram, in answer to this question, explains that in essence, even Rabbi Yehuda agrees to the basic logic of Rameir, that repeatedly doing something at close intervals has a greater impact in establishing a habit. It is only by Shor HaMu'ad that he disagrees, because he holds that an animal is goring three times on one, one day can be attributed to a temporary craze, and perhaps may not be an indication of its inherent wild nature. Therefore he holds, based on the Pusik, 
that only by goring on three separate days do we establish it as a mu'ad. However, with regard to Mashiv HaRuach, where no such concept exists, even Rabbi Yehuda agrees that repeating it many times on the same day will accustom one to automatically recite it properly, just as well, if not better, than repeating it over a period of many days. Therefore, when I was in St. Louis, and I davened in the Aguda there in St. Louis, and they sang the song 90, day, 90 times, it therefore, according to this psaac, would be allowed to do that. And therefore, if by saying it 90 times on the same day, either on the first day of Pesach or on Shemini Atzeres, that would constitute a chazaka that a person has already said it 90 times. And therefore, if for the next 30 days a person was pesafik, whether they said it or not, they would not have to go back and say the Shemini Atzeres again. the Gemara. If a woman saw Dam Ziva three days in a row, she becomes a Zava. But if she saw it three times in the same day, she is not a Zava. Masha'en Kane, a man who sees discharges, can become a Zav if he sees it three times, even on the same day. The Gemara asks, what's a Shor Mu'ad? Rabbi Yaisi holds, like Rabbi Yehuda, by Mu'ad, three days. And like Rabbi Meir, by Tam, that the, what determines it is if the kids can play with it or not. Rabbi Shimon holds, like Rabbi Meir, for Mu'ad. But for Tam, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. And we paskin like Rabbi Yaisi. Since we always paskin like Rabbi Yaisi, it's Rabbi Yaisi Nimukai Imai. His thinking is deep, and therefore we always paskin like him. The rule is that an axe can only become a mu'ad if the adim testified before both the owner and before Bezdin. If three different sets of adim testified on three different gorings, each set is considered separate. So if one becomes puzzle, the others remain good. Normally, if 20 adim are part of a group and one becomes puzzle, all are puzzle. But if one pair were adim zaymamin, there is no din of kasher zaman, since all sets must become zaymamin to punish with kasher zaman. But if all three sets are found to be zaymamin, then all must pay kasher zaman. If Levi incited the dog of Ruvain to bite Shimon, Levi is putter, since this is considered a grama. But what about the Balakelev, Ruvain? This is a machlekes. The next Mishnah. What do we mean when we say goring is chayev to pay nezek? If it gored, pushed, bit, laid, or kicked, then it's chayev to pay nezek. If this was done b'rshus harabim, the owner pays chatzin nezek, because these are cases of kavanasay lahazik, and therefore it's a tolda de keren, and since it's a tam, it pays chatzin nezek. But if the damage was done, Bershus Hanizik, Reb Tarfin says the damage we have to pay is Nezik Shalim. The Chachamim say it's still Chatzin Nezik, even Bershus Hanizik. Since Daya Lavai Minadin Liais Kanadin. You can't learn, you can't use a Kalvachimer to learn something which is a harsher punishment than the origin of the Kalvachimer. And since we know that Karen Bershus Harabim pays Chatzin Nezik, so you can't learn Nezik Shalim for Bershus Hanizik via this Kalvachimer. Since you can't make the Limud stricter than the origin, i.e., Karen Bershus Harabim. Tafchafhe, the Gemara. Kerry that comes from a clean person can only be metama someone else if he touches it, i.e. maga. But kerry that comes from a zov can be metama if someone touches it, maga, or even if someone carries it, masa. And spit that comes from a zov can also be metame. The discharge, the spit, the shechvas zera, or the urine of a zov, or the blood of a nida, if you touch them or carry them, you become tame. They're metame be maga ube masa. Even though a carpet sitting under the roof of a house that has a mace in it isn't part of the psukim that become tame, we still learn from a kalvachimer that it does become tame. We learn this from zav ayel hamais. Aye, but how can we learn a kalvachimer? Let's say dialavan aminadin lias kanadin. Our answers in certain cases where by saying daya we would completely spoil a kalvachimer, then we wouldn't say daya. Tuma by a mace lasts for seven days. Tuma by a sheretz is only for one day. Therefore, anything learned from tame mace would also be tame for seven days. We know Shein Veregel are potter Why don't we say Chayev via Kalvachimer? 
just like Karen, which Brishus Hanizik pays Chatsi Nezik, but Brishus Harabim is Chayev, so too Shane Veregel, which pays Nezik Shalim Brishus Hanizik, surely should pay in Brishus Harabim. For answers, we have a special Pasuk for a Ptur of Shane Veregel Brishus Harabim, Ubiyer Bistei Acher, from Shmei Schaf Beis, that tell us Shane Veregel are Pater Brishus Harabim. If an axe kills a person, his owner must also pay a penalty of kaifer. But if a person kills b'shaigig, he doesn't pay kaifer. Obviously, b'mezid he'd be putter because of kamli b'dirabimine. He'd be put to death, therefore he'd be putter on the on this kaifer. But the question here is if it was done b'shaigig. This din of kaifer by animal damage is only if the animal is a muad, not if it's a tam. According to Reb Tarfan, even a tam pays kaifer. And the halacha of kaifer not only applies to karen, but to regel as well. The Mishnah. Adam muad li'aylam. A person is a muad however he does damages, and always pays nezik shalim, whether it's the first time he does damages or the second time he does damages. And he also pays nezik shalim whether it was b'mezid, b'shaygig, whether he was awake, or whether he was sleeping. The Gemara. The Pasuk says, Petza tachas patza. That tells us that one is not only chayev for doing it b'mezid, but for b'shaygig or b'aynas as well. If something was stolen, and it was put in a man's pocket, and he didn't know about it, and it fell out and it did damage, for Nezek, he's Chayev. But the Dalad Devarim, Tsar, Ripa, Shabbos, and Baishas, he's Pater, since it's Beshaigig. And for Shabbos, he would also be Pater from carrying, since this isn't Meleches Mach Shabbos. And for Golas, he would also be Pater, since he didn't even know the item was in his pocket. Rabbi says if someone threw a Kali from a roof, but there were pillows on the ground, and before hitting the ground, before hitting the pillows, someone pulled away the pillows, the thrower is Pater, since the Kalim were never really destined to break, because the pillows would have saved them. If ten people hit a person with ten sticks and the person died, they're all putter, since there wasn't really one killer. Rabbi Huda ben Becerra says, if they hit him, then the last one who hit him is Chayev, since he caused the actual death. If a person fell off a roof and he fell on a woman, he's only Chayev in Dalad, Devarim, Nezek, Tsar, Ripuy, and Shavas. But he's not Chayev for Baishas, since Baishas is putter unless the person had Kavana to embarrass the other one. I, but you should be putter on the other three as well, since it was Bishaygik. More answers, it was a Ruach Mitsuya, so he should have been more cautious. There was a very big wind blowing, and he should have been more careful, so he wouldn't fall off the roof and damage anyone. If Ruvain pushed Shimon into a fire or water and held them there so they can't get out, and then the person died, so Ruvain is Chayev, since he killed Shimon. However, if Ruvain pushed Shimon and Shimon could have gotten out, then Ruvain is Potter, since Shimon could have saved himself. If one puts a burning coal on an Evid and it does damage, he's Potter. But if he puts it on an animal, then he's Chayev. This marks the end of this parak. Now let's begin parak Gimel, parak Hameniach, the Mishnah. If one places his pitcher, a kad or a chavis, in a rishus harabim to rest, and someone comes along, fell on it, and broke it, so this person is putter from damage, since it wasn't his fault. The pitcher was in the middle of the street. But if this guy who was walking falls on the pitcher and hurts himself, then the owner of the pitcher is chayah for damages. And the Gemara says, the term kad and chavis are used interchangeably in different Gemaras to describe pitchers and barrels. But when making unclear purchases, where we don't know whether someone meant a kad, which is small, or a chavis, which is large, we say because ein cholchen b'maman achar haraif. Many Rishayim here learn that the way to determine what the purchaser meant is to look at the prices of the items, and if there is a significant difference between the price of a kad and the price of a chavis, then we can infer what was meant by the lekeach. Murray asks, why should the Baal HaKad be Chayev in the Mishnah to pay if one trips over something in Rishus HaRabim? The walker should have been more careful where he walks. Murray answers, Rav says that there were a lot of Kadim in the Rishus HaRabim, so the walker couldn't see this particular one. Shmuel says that it was dark, 
Rabbi Eichanan says the cad was in a Karen Zavis, a street corner. He tripped as he turned the corner, so the pedestrian couldn't see it. In general, we say that Ein darkon adam It's not the normal way of people to look down at the street for every step that the person takes. Therefore, the pedestrian who trips is putter, and the Baal HaKad is chayef. Because the, for the pedestrian, it was an inus, but the Baal HaKad should have been more careful where he put it, therefore he's chayef for the damages. The exception to this rule is in front of an oil factory, where it's mutter to leave empty barrels. Then the Baal HaKad would be putter if someone trips on the barrels, because the person who tripped should have been more careful. He should have known when he walks in front of an oil factory that there would be barrels in front of him. If someone hits his friend with his ankle, he must pay three slime for baishas, embarrassment. If you kick him with your feet, you must pay five slime, because this is bigger embarrassment. Ben Bagbag says, if your friend has your property, don't sneak, if he, owns, if he has your property and you want to get it back, don't sneak into his house to get it back, because you'll be viewed as a ganif. Rather, tell him you want it. Tavchavches. One axe jumped on a second axe to kill it, and the owner of the banam axe pulled his axe away, and the upper one fell and died, so the balhashar is potter. The public walked through a private man's field. The owner can stop people from doing this, especially if he provides a different side path to prevent people from ruining his field by walking through it. The Mishnah. If a person is carrying a pitcher of water in a Rosh Hashanah, and he dropped it, and it broke, and then someone fell on it and got hurt, the Baal is chayev for damages. Rabbi Huda says he's only chayev if there was kavana, then the owner is chayev. Otherwise, if there was no kavana, the owner is potter. Gemara. According to the Chachamim, you're chayev, because the water is considered to be a bore, and a bore is chayev if it hurts someone. But for kalim that get damaged, you'll be potter, since bore is potter if it damages kalim. It's only chayev if it damages adam ubehem. According to Raf, only if water is ownerless does it have a din of bore. Also, if a person hurts himself on the ground, according to Rav, you're potter, but according to Shmuel, you're chayev. Rabbi Shiahu learns from the Pasik in Shmais Chafalaf, but Nafal Shama Shara Chamar, we learn that Sharvalai Adam, Chamor Velay Kelim. Rabbi Huda says only if he had Kavana, damages must be paid. What is called Kavana? Rabbi says that one carrying the pitcher had Kavana to take the pitcher off his shoulder to rest. It fell and it broke. That's called Kavana. So if someone hurts themselves on it, then he's Chayef. But Rameir is Machmer and says even if it's still on his shoulder and it breaks, he's still Chayef. I bet it's an Inus, an Inus Rahmana Patri. As we learned from Naraha Murasa, if it's not her fault, she's putter. Ula Nara Lesasa Dover, the Pasuk says. More answers, your putter midine adam, but your chayev midine shamayim. Since the person should have picked up the broken pieces before someone hurts themselves on it. Tafchavtes. It's also machlekas between Rameir and Yehuda. If someone breaks a keli and then is mafgirat, if he's chayev or not. This is also a machlekas amirem between Rabbi and Rabbi Abelazar said, in the name of Rabbi Shmuel, there are two things which are considered ener b'shusay shel adam, but the Torah considers it as if he does own it anyway. Number one, bor b'shusarabim, if it causes damage, and chametz be'erev pesach achar she shais. It's not in your rishus, but if you keep it around, you're over and balyira balyamatzei. It's interesting that this particular daf we learned on the Thursday before the Friday of erev pesach shachal liyais b'shavas. If someone finds an open bore, fills it up, and then redigs it, the original digging is batal, and it becomes like it is in his rishus, so he'd be chayah for damages if someone falls in. If a person has thorns, he's only chayah for damages if they're sticking out into a rishus haraba. But if they're in your own rishus, you're putter, since it's your rishus, and you can have anything growing on your rishus. Daflamet, the Mishnah. If Ruvain spills water into a rishus haraba, and Shimon was damaged, Ruvain must pay. If Ruvain hit his thorns or glass in a rishus haraba, or you use thorns as a fence bordering onto a Rosh Hashanah, then if it does damage, you also must pay. Gemara. 
Water in Rishus Harabim is only chayah for damages if a person's kalim are damages. But if he himself is damaged, the Bahamayim is putter, since Karka Oilam has ikasa. It was the ground that hurt him, not the water. But there are differences between winter and summer. You can do more in winter with water from your house than you can in summer, since the streets are full of mud and snow anyways. Therefore, if you push them out into a Rishus Harabim, it's less likely that you'll be chayah for damages, because the ground is messy anyway. If you do it during the summer, however, and someone gets damages, then you'd be chayah, because the streets are basically dry. So if then someone trips, then it's your fault. The original Hasidim used to hide their thorns or throw them in the river so as not to damage anyone with them. If one wants to become a Hasid, he should be very nizer not to damage or to do any damage to his friend. The Mishnah. If Ruvain put out his old straw into a Rosh and someone is damaged, he must pay. And whoever takes it first is kainet, called HaKaidim Zacha. The Gemara. If Ner Hanukkah does damage, you're putter, since it's a mitzvah to light Hanukkah candles and display them by the Rosh because of Pirsumenisa. If a shtar is written with ribbis, written into the shtar, we give the malva eknas, Rameir says, not only can't he collect the ribbis, the interest, but he can't collect the karen, the principal, either. According to Chachamim, he can collect the ribbis, I should say he, he cannot collect the ribbis, but he can collect the principal. Taflamid Aleph, the next Mishnah. Two people who were walking in a Rosh with pots, one behind the other, Ruvain fell and then Shimon fell over him, so Ruvain must pay damages to Shimon, the Gemara. Stumbling, according to Rameir, is called a paishea. According to Chachamim, it's called an inus. If Ruvain falls, and then Shimon falls, due to Ruvain, and then Levi falls, due to Shimon, so Ruvain must pay Shimon, and Shimon must pay Levi. But if it's all Ruvain's fault, Ruvain must pay for the damages to both. However, Ruvain is chayev for Shimon, whether his guf or his mammon damage. But when we say Shimon may be chayev to Levi, that's only if he himself caused the damage. But if his mammon caused the damage, he should be putter. The next Mishnah. Two people are walking towards each other in Rosh Hashanah, one carrying a barrel and one carrying a beam of wood. They collide, and the barrel breaks because of the beam. The beam owner is putter, since they both have Rishus to be walking in Rosh Hashanah. It's a public thoroughfare. But if the Balakari was walking in front of the owner of the barrel, if the barrel broke, then the Balakari is putter, since we assume that the Balakad was tailgating. He was tailgating, he was right behind him, and he was in a rush, and he went into the beam. But Masha'enkin, if the Baal HaKaire was just simply standing in the middle of Rosh Hashanah, and then the person behind him went into him, then he, the Baal HaKaire is chayef, since it's his fault. It's as if a person parks his car right in the middle of a major expressway, a major motorway, and someone goes banging into him. So the person who was standing in the middle of the highway would be chayef, because the person shouldn't have been standing there at all. He should have been moving. Taflam and Beis, the Gemara. If someone hurts his wife while having marital relations, do we say he's putter, since he has permission to have relations, or do we say he's chayef, since he must be more careful? Rava says chayev from a Kalvachemer regarding that one is chayev for Gullus. Two cows are in a Rishasarabim. One is walking and one is lying. If the walker kicks the one lying, he's putter. Or the Baal, the owner of it, is putter. If it's vice versa, if the liar does the kicking, then the Baal, the owner of the cow, which is lying in Rishasarabim, is chayev. Mishnah. Two people were walking in a Rishasarabim. One was running and one was walking. Or both were running and they collide. They're putter. Both of them are putter, since even if one suffered greater injury, both are putter, since they were both equally engaging in improper behavior, i.e. running in Rosh Hashanah at the same time. V'tayis Harash in Klal, Kuf Aleph, Sifkat and Vav, brings a riot from this Mishnah that even though we say, Adam Mu'ad Li'aylam, nonetheless, if both parties are doing any act that isn't proper, and one person gets hurt, the damager is putter. Furthermore, he adds, if two people consent to enter a contest where injuries are common, for example, a boxing match or a wrestling match, 
This is automatically considered as a mechila, as consent to waive any liability claims that may arise as a result of this contest. Mara. We paskin like Isi ben Yehuda, that if you damage while running in a Rishas Harabim, you're chayef, since it's not normal to run in a Rishas Harabim. But if you do and create damage, you're chayef. But in our Mishnah that says, Potter, this is referring to Erev Shabbos, Ben Hashmashas, when you are allowed to run. And if you damage, you're Potter. Why is running okay on Erev Shabbos? As Reb Chanina says, to greet the Shabbos Malka, i.e. the Muki Yosef explains to prepare for Shabbos. Rabbi Anna used to put on his talus and say, Bayichala, Bayichala. Come bride, come bride, when the Shabbos came in. In Kudras al-Hadaf, they cite the Ramah, who asserts that this exemption applies only to one who is running specifically to prepare for Shabbos. But it does not grant outright permission for everyone to run recklessly on Arab Shabbos for other purposes as well. The Rambam, however, in Hilchas Chevalu Mazik Perak Vav Halachates, extends the exemption to one who causes damage while rushing to complete his weekday affairs before the onset of Shabbos. I can recall when learning in Eretz Yisrael, I was once for Shabbos in Bnei Brak, and about two or three minutes before Shkia, a car was racing very quickly down Rechov Rabbi Akiva, and another car was coming slowly down Rechov Herzl, and they crossed right into each other at that main intersection in Bnei Brak just before, just before Shkia. While no one was hurt in that particular accident, I would assume that the Nafkamina Lahalacha on the damage payments in this Bnei Brak case could be totally in this Machlekes. The Mordechai remarks that this exemption which we mentioned before, cannot be applied with regard to other mitzvahs. For example, he says that one is liable if he recklessly collides with someone while running to the base medrash to study. He explains that only running on Arab Shabbos before nightfall is acceptable, since one must complete all his preparations before Shabbos and has no time to spare. With regard to other mitzvahs, however, there is no excuse for such reckless behavior, since other mitzvahs do not have such time constraints. The Mishnah. If a person was chopping wood in Rishus Harabim and it went and damaged something Rishus Hayachid, a piece went flying, or vice versa, or he was chopping Rishus Hayachid and it damaged in a different Rishus Hayachid, then he's Chayef. The Gemara. The Mishnah needs to enumerate that all three of these specific cases are Chayef. Why? Because in case number one, where he, where he was chopping in Rishus Hayachid and it damaged in Rishus Harabim, of course, he should have been more, chay- more careful because a lot of people are in Rishus Harabim. But if he damaged in Rishus Hayachid, we would think he's Pater. Kamash Mani is Chayef. Case number two, if he was chopping in a Rishus HaRabim and a damage in a Rishus HaYachid, in that case, he's Chayev since he chopped without the permission to do it in a Rishus HaRabim. Mashenkin, if it was vice versa, he'd be Pater. Kamashman, he's Chayev. And lastly, if he was chopping in a Rishus HaYachid and a damage in a Rishus HaYachid, we would also think Pater since he has the best of both worlds. Kamashman, he's still Chayev. If Ruvain goes into the shop of Shimon, the carpenter, without Rishus, and Shimon was chopping wood and a piece flew and killed Ruvain, Shimon is Pater. If he had Rishus to go in, then in that case, Shimon would be Chayev to pay four out of the five damages, Nezek, Tsar, Ripoy, and Shevas. Since the Pshia, he should have been more careful, he's Chayev on those. But he would not be Mechuyev in Baishas, since there was no Kavana. Also, he'd be Pater from Golos, since it's not like the case of Yar, like the case of Forest, since it's a Karev Lemezin. He should have been more careful. And Golos is only Chayev in a case of pure Shaygik. If a Shliach Bezdin is giving Malkus, and he added an extra lash, the whipper is Chayev Golos, since even though it's Karav Lemezid, therefore you would think he's Pater, but here it was a case where he miscounted the number of lashes. The process of Malkus is as follows. The highest or the most chash of all of all the Dayanim read the Psukim, which we read when we give Malkus. The number two man counts the number of lashes, and the number three Dayan says strike. Dafam and Gimel. 
workers came to collect their paycheck from their employer. They entered the house of their boss to collect the money. And his axe, i.e. the owner of the house's axe, their employer, gored them, or his dog bit them, and they died. Some say the owner is potter from Kaifer since they came to collect at their own risk. Some say the owner is chayef, since the employees have the right to come and collect. The next Mishnah. Two axen, which were tamen, damaged each other. If one damaged $150 worth and the other damaged $100 worth, the difference, i.e. $50, is split into chatzinezek, and one pays the other $25. If both are mu'adin, the difference paid is nezek shalem. If two men hurt each other, the difference paid is, the difference paid is nezek shalem, because we say adam mu'ad li'aylam. Gemara. If an animal hurts a man, only nezek is paid, not the dalad dvarim. Mashenkin, a man who hurts a man, pays nezek, plus the dalad dvarim. Tzar ripu sheves and vaishas. The Mishnah. Ruvain's axe, which was worth 100 zuzim, gored Shimon's axe, worth 200 zuzim. So because of chatzin nezek, Shimon simply takes Ruvain's axe, which is now worth 100 zuzim. Gemara. If someone sold a short tam who did damage, so the sale is not chal, since truthfully the owner doesn't own it anymore, as it's now meshubed to the nizik. Rabbi said, if someone burns the shtar of his friend, he's pater, since he isn't burning an asset, but he's only burning something which is a shibud. An axe worth 200 zuzim gores an axe worth 200 zuzim, and damage of 50 zuzim was done. So the Baal HaShor must pay 25, chatzinezik. Now the shohan nizik appreciated, up in value from 200 zuzim to 400 zuzim. The mazik must still pay, because the nizik container, if you wouldn't have damaged my axe, it would have been worth 800 zuzim. So the mazik must pay at the value it was worth at the shas hahezik. If the nizik went down in value, the mazik must pay the value at the shas hamada bedin. The Mishnah. An axe worth 200, go to another axe worth 200, but the nevela has no worth. So you sell the live shore, i.e. the mazik, and divide the proceeds in half. Half to the nizik, half to the mazik. Gemara. In general, when you're dealing with damages, we're always more machmer by a mood than we are by a tam. The Mishnah. It's possible for a person to be chayev on what his axe damages, but putter on what he damages, and vice versa. Shor should be putter. If the axe embarrasses, baishis, then he's chayev, because it says ish ba'misai. But the shor is chayev. If the axe damages the man's parents, then he's putter, since there's already a chayev misa. Come libi rab Also, if an axe lights a silo, a silo on Shabbos, then he's chayev. If he lights it, then he's putter. But he's chayev misa because of kamli bid rabbinay. The Gemara. On Shabbos, if malacha is done, bederach kilkel, then you're putter, since it's destructive. Except chayvel for wounds or fire, then you're chayev. Taflamet There are cases of animals which do premeditated acts in order to cure themselves. For example, they break a barrel of beer, so the alcohol in the beer will heal a wound. The Mishnah. If the axe of Ruvain was pursuing the axe of Shimon, and the axe of Shimon was damaged, and we don't know how, Shimon says, your axe, i.e., you, Ruvain, your axe did it. Ruvain says, no, your axe tripped on a stone and was damaged. The rule is, in order for Shimon to take money from Ruvain, Shimon must prove that Ruvain's axe caused the actual damage. If by a short time there was a small axe and a big one, and we're not sure which one gored, a third axe, we don't know if one or two gored number three, once again we say, Gemara. Our Mishnah says Hamotzi Mechaver Olav Haraya, but Sumchas disagrees and says Maman Hamutul Besafek Chalken. If both Mazikim belong to one man, both are Chayef, meaning to say the Shibud is Chal on each animal, and if one gets lost, the Nizik can collect from the one that's left, and the Mazik can't say only the last one was meant for you. But Rabbi Akiva says the Mazik can't say sorry, your axe was last, and therefore I'm Potter. 
This marks the end of this parak, and on this point we will conclude our share.